The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Our podcast is brought to you by ComBank, committed to being a better bank. Find out more at combank.com.au forward slash better. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 26th of April. In your Squiz today, the Sri Lankan suicide bomber who studied in Melbourne, plans to develop the site of the 2002 Bali bombings, a world leaders rap and Friday lights. This is your Squeeze Today. Continuing this morning with news from Sri Lanka, and it's been revealed one of the nine suicide bombers had spent time studying in Melbourne, Claire. That's right, Abdil uh, Latif Jamil Muhammad. He is someone who had studied in the UK, uh, also studied in Melbourne some years ago, and Australian authorities were very quick to say that there's no known threat to Australia. Though there are reports this morning uh, out of the Australian that he could have been radicalised here and that he had contact with jailed Aussie Islamic State terrorist Neil Prakash. What do we know about the other nine bombers, Claire? What the government has said in Sri Lanka is that the bombers were well-educated and that they came from middle Mm. uh, or upper-class families and two of the men who were both in their early 30s brothers um, were uh, the sons of quite a wealthy spice exporter. Mohammed Ibrahim is his name. He's been detained by police but hasn't been charged and it looks like um, there's some more, also some other disturbing reports that uh, the pregnant wife of one of the bombers detonated a bombers police raided her home and she not only killed herself but her three children and three police officers. So uh, 70 people have been arrested in connection to the bombings and uh, it looks like they're, they're still doing some work over there to round up people they think have some connection to that. And also noting that the death toll has been revised down to 253 people. Anzac Day yesterday saw 35,000 people attend dawn service in Canberra and thousands of others around the country, as well as those 1,400-odd on the shores of Gallipoli. There was some talk yesterday of a terror threat in Turkey, but the Prime Minister's downplayed the link. Yeah, Turkey police said that they had made that connection, that there was someone that they had arrested and that he'd had plans to disrupt that dawn service in Gallipoli. But Scott Morrison and uh, it looks like um, authorities in New Zealand as well have said that, look, it's fairly routine for these sorts of arrests to be made in Turkey and that there was no evidence uh, that they could see linking the man and the service. It would be making a very big assumption as what Scott Morrison said yesterday. But yes, dawn services around the country had um, big attendances and it looks like organisers of those events were pretty happy with the turnout again yesterday. Yeah. Moving Moving on to reports, there are plans to build a five-storey restaurant and nightclub on the site of the Sari Club in Bali. That's the location of the 2002 Bali bombings. That's right. 88 Australians died in that bombing. Um, 202 people died in total and a group of survivors have been working towards the development of a peace park on that site. But uh, developers have now um, looked like they're going to move ahead with a big commercial construction, which Scott Morrison has called deeply distressing. And he says that he's going to work to have that decision overturned. 
Moving on now to a mini wrap of news on world leaders. Firstly, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and Russian President Vladimir Putin have met for the first time. That was in Russia. Um, And a three-day summit is being held in Beijing to promote Chinese President Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Initiative. Some big names are attending. Uh, Russia's Vladimir Putin's going, uh, the UK Chancellor Philip Hammond, um, the Italian Prime Minister, the Pakistani Prime Minister. It goes on and on because a lot of these countries, of course, are, if not just very interested in what China's doing with this initiative, they're receiving funding under it. So uh, it's a, one of those initiatives that China really is using as a, uh, they're calling it a project of the century where it's part of their outreach to the world where they're partnering with other countries or other companies to build things. And uh, of course, that um, also brings some scepticism from some who think that it's just a way of China. Um, They call it debt diplomacy, where um, China's really just sort of embedding themselves in a negative way in these countries' futures. And on May 15, Jacinda Ardern and French President Emmanuel Macron will host a meeting of world and technology leaders to discuss violent extremism online. That's obviously uh, particularly for New Zealand off the back of those Christchurch attacks. And finally, Joe Biden has confirmed his run at becoming president, Claire. It's been something that's been anticipated for a while, but yes, he's finally put his foot on the sticky paper and he's put an announcement out on Twitter and it's got all the bells and whistles. It looks all very polished and his big pitch really is that um, the United States needs better leadership than what Donald Trump is providing. He's really firmly aimed at that. And Donald Trump has responded with a tweet himself saying, Welcome to the race, Sleepy Joe. Moving away from world leaders now and on to the World Health Organization, they've weighed in on how much screen time children should be getting. It's a controversial one, this one, because, of course, there's been a lot of discussion in recent times, not just about what's healthy for kids, but also what the tech leaders have been doing. And they've been moving away from allowing their children to have much screen time. So it's been a sense that the evidence has been stacking up against it. And it's the first time the World Health Organization has released any guidelines on it. And what they're saying is that for children under one, they shouldn't have any screen time Mm. at all. We're talking about TVs, computers, tablets, um, for any reason, whether that's, Mm. yeah, educational or whether it's, you know, to watch videos. But um, for kids aged between two and four, they're saying no more than one hour a day. And yeah, part of that mounting evidence, it's really a thing for people. Friday Lights, Nicole Kidman is on the cover of Vanity Fair. That's a great article. It is a good read, that one. Um, She comes across as very normal, really, although her life is far from that. Yeah, she talks a lot about uh, Big Little Lies in the sequel. If, If there are fans of that out there, I certainly enjoyed that series. And you reckon Melbourneites who like art should get to the Elizabeth Barnett exhibition? Look, it's not fine art, I don't think by any stretch, but I really like Elizabeth Barnett. She's got a exhibition on uh, with the design files. And yeah, certainly if I was in Melbourne, I'd be getting along to look at that. I really like her stuff. And it's getting a little cooler. So a lamb shank recipe to, to finish off today. Yeah, it's a good one. It takes a bit of time, so you want to put a little bit of time aside, but it's quite a nice activity for a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. All of that in the Squeeze Today email. Uh, The links are all in there. The subject line today. 
Subject line today is Thirsty Mercs, Give Me 20 Good Reasons. Uh, I've got a reference to that in the email today, so that was the song that was stuck in my head once my brain started going down that path. Good Aussie band. And after this, Claire, you and I will be joined by Greg Baxter to record the second episode of our pop-up podcast, Squeeze the Election. So for those of you who'd like a wrap of the week on the campaign trail, look out for that today. Thanks, as always, for getting across the news with us. Enjoy your weekend, and, and we'll chat to you on Monday. The Squeeze is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueeze.com.au. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more.